impossible has happened! Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat, oh, they got him. They're coming the from goats. the left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. And now for our feature presentation. Balls Deep with Devin and Jovano. Welcome back to Balls Deep. Uh, we're happy to, for you guys to join us. Recently, we talked about the NBA returning in uh, at the end of July at Disney World in Orlando. Um, but since the, that episode, things have changed. Uh, players have spoke, spoken out about not wanting to return due to the safety or just the fact that they don't want to uh, interrupt essentially the current climate of what's going on uh, in this country uh, just because they feel like it would be a distraction. And there's others that just don't feel like it's a good opportunity for them to return essentially. So uh, what are your thoughts, Jamon? Um, <clears throat> I was looking at a list of players that um, aren't gonna play or have decided not to play. And a majority of the players are players that um, are either currently injured or have, or are currently rehabbing from an injury. Yeah. Um, other than Bertens, Davis Bertens from the Wizards, who has a uh, history of ACL injuries. Um, and he just had a good season. He's on a contract year. So that's one player that probably could make a difference for the Wizards, but at the same time, they're kind of on the outside looking in right now. And it's a long shot. Yeah. Um, you got Trevor Ariza, who's having a dispute, uh, con or a custody dispute for his son. Okay. But aside from those two, it's mostly just a list of players that probably weren't going to play anyways, or a list of players that I feel like wouldn't really have made an impact on their team, other than maybe Avery Bradley from for the Lakers, who just withdrew a few days ago. Um, and also, like like I said. A lot of the players that aren't sitting out, you know, are a lot of like big time players like yeah. LeBron, like everybody's saying basically like whatever LeBron decides to do is what we decided to do. Like we're going to follow in those footsteps yeah, that's, and they think that's it's what a good idea. Uh, yeah. That's what Patrick Beverly said. Yeah. And they think it's a good idea for, you know, them to actually be on TV and playing games because then they have a bigger platform to speak out on you know, the injustices and things that's going on in the country. So I feel like as much as it seems like the NBA season's in danger, I don't think there's much of an, a, a danger to it right now. I think the only thing that's endangering the the NBA season resuming would honestly just be the amount of cases that of coronavirus that they have in Florida. I know they reopened, they were one of the few states to reopen first, um, and they're essentially facing their second wave of uh, COVID-19. Others might say it's still the first, but 
Um, the fact that it's stationed specifically in Disney World and they say it's in a bubble, um, but they have a window of people, like family members, able to come in and watch or come in to the bubble might risk it. Um, I know, I think it was today or yesterday, uh, there was announced that uh, Nikola Jokic just tested positive uh, for mm-hmm. coronavirus. And now Malcolm uh, Brogdon just tested uh, positive for coronavirus too. Those are two big players for playoff teams uh, already. Um, I know you mentioned Avery Bradley. He mentioned it because at first he had the stance of he didn't want to just make it dis- uh, be distracting to like the, the current state of the country um, because he felt like we needed all to focus on what's most important at hand. But recently I found out his son is actually, he uh, has a history of having respiratory issues. Um, so as a Laker fan, it sucks that he's out joining cause he was a big part of what we've had going on. Um, but I understand it was, it's essentially the best decision for his family uh, because his son wasn't going to be able to enter the bubble due to his history. So the fact that, it's in his son's best interest and safety. Um, you can't really hurt him for it. Um, I know, like you said, there's a lot of, not, it's more role players that are speaking out saying they don't want to return or players that are at the lower end of the playoffs. But one player that is a big player is Kyrie Irving. Um, he, he's, he plays a big part in the, in the NBA PA. And he, he mentioned talking about even going as far as having the players create their own league, which isn't, as crazy as people um, make it seem, because um, it definitely can be done. Will it be done? I don't think so. Um, but it definitely can be done if it comes to that uh, stance. It just it seems like Kyrie has a kind of like obviously no offense to Kyrie. I, I like Kyrie as a person and as a player, but he it seems like he has a history at least within the league, like the way people uh, you know view him. He has like a history of like taking things like kind of an extra step that you don't yeah. really need. It feels like, and ultimately, like the players do have a lot more power than they might give themselves credit for. And he's probably not crazy to think that they could start their own league. Yeah. But just to say it when when you're not really when he, first of all he's injured, he has a, sh- a shoulder injury, so he's not playing anyways. Yeah, he said he's not coming. So back. that's what I'm saying. So this one, this really has no effect on him one way or the other, other than the fact that I do respect him because you know he doesn't want to take you know, any, any, like, you know, he doesn't want to be a distraction from what's going on with all the protests and and things like that. And I respect that. But I also, like I said, I just think being on TV and playing those games gives them a a better platform to speak out on those things than not playing at all. Yeah. Not playing at all and not saying anything on TV is not really helping anybody. And a lot of the players in the playoffs are predominantly black. A lot of players in the NBA are predominantly black. So giving the black community that amount of money, um, or income and the fact that they can donate all the all their income or most of their income to the, the cause at hand, it's only going to benefit everything. Even if they don't donate money, the fact that they say if all eyes are going to be on the NBA, then use your platform to speak out. I know um, Adam, Adam Silver has always been in support of players uh, speaking out on things like this. Um, and I know a lot of Kyrie got a lot of backlash for what he said. But everyone thought it was because he was the only one thinking that like that. But he was actually speaking up for other players that were that were like minded to him. Uh, so let's just see how it goes. I, I I'm very optimistic that it will happen. Um, it, it's going to be tough 
but I think it will happen. Uh, I'm interested. I'm interested to see how it pans out. Um, it should be very interesting. But like we said before, go Lakers. Um, we're going to be missing Dwight Howard and Avery Bradley, but Jr. Swish, he's coming. Boogie he Cousins might be coming. The third splash, bro. <laughs> so uh, that's that. Um, that's that on that. Um, uh, move on to Colin Kaepernick's possible return. Uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell said that he welcomes that, encourages it, and any team willing to make that decision to sign him, he supports it. Um, he's also saying that he's, you know, he's in solidarity with the players and, and kneeling and all that. So, uh, what do you, what are you thinking about Kaepernick's return? How do you feel about it? Uh, what teams could you possibly see him playing for? I mean, the first thing that came to mind, um, obviously we know the Chargers has already reached out, um, or mentioned it publicly. Um, but Pete Carroll and the Seahawks were the first team I thought, thought of. I know he was almost signed to them prior um, but the fact that he didn't want he didn't want to stop kneeling is what caused him not to be signed uh, to the Seahawks. Um, but Pete Carroll did speak out recently, and he said that a team actually did reach out to him about his interviews. Yeah. Um, so someone is interested, and it happened to be the Chargers. The Chargers, uh, or that we think of, is the Chargers, and the Chargers. Anthony Lynn, their head coach, is black. And we mentioned in the past. Um, in order for more minorities to be in positions of power, it usually comes from uh, minorities that are in those positions of power. Um, so, like Anthony Lynn being one of the only minority coaches, saying that he's going to give Colin Kaepernick opportunity, just kind of speaks volumes in itself. It almost seems like the NFL isn't learning their lesson, even with the recent backlash. Um, but Anthony Lynn, uh, I commend him for coming out and saying that he is kind of work out worthy um, because he fits their system. However, it seems very contradicting because Cam Newton, who's also a free agent and play, has a similar play style, is, should be workout worthy as well um, if he's talking about their system because, but however, they, he ha, they already came out before the draft and said that they weren't interested in signing Cam Newton, which I felt like was a perfect opportunity for Cam Newton. But back to um, Colin Kaepernick, I honestly would like to see him back in the league, but I really hope that he actually turns down these deals uh, or offers because I just feel like it's too late. It's honestly too late. Um, it seems like a, almost like a publicity stunt for yeah, the NFL to just look better and for teams, players, or teams and owners to look better. Yeah, I just, for me. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I just feel like they're going to sign Colin Kaepernick. He might not even play. Um, and they're going to basically be like, well, we signed Colin Kaepernick, so we can't be against, uh, this movement or we're in support of it. So I I just feel like you said it's a publicity style and they're just, it seems forced in a sense. So I just hope that he turns it down as much as he would love to play and we, everyone would love to see him play. It just seems, it doesn't really seem realistic, especially with the Chargers specifically. Um, they just drafted Justin Herbert. So he might not even get a chance to play and prove himself, basically. So that's that's how I feel. But besides for it being a publicity, a publicity sign, what what's your other thoughts on it? Um, it's kind of like the the kneeling thing for me. It's like it almost seems like all the teams are like now agreeing to players kneeling or like oh get Kaepernick a job now. But it's like why now? It, it's like. 
it it almost seems like only now because they're finally being held accountable is it like oh let's do this now oh just because they're being held accountable you should do it regardless you know that's that's what really bothers me is like is is all these companies and all these you know in general just doing things because they're finally being held accountable so it's kind of the same thing with like the nfl and kneeling and kaepernick but um i'd love to see him in the nfl just because it's something that he's expressed that he's been ready for for years and um clearly football means a lot to him so i would love to play i would love for him to play just based off that alone regardless of you know whether it's a publicity or stunt or not if he gets to the opportunity to play on the field which he loves to do. I'd love to see it. Um, I know you mentioned the the Chargers. Uh, two teams that I thought were pretty good are like the Ravens or Texans. Similar QB styles, uh, similar schemes. Um, I don't know that he's going to start if he comes into the league. So a team like that would be perfect fit for, yeah. you know, if Lamar Jackson goes down or if, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson goes down or even if they want to run like a two QB scheme like they do over in uh, New Orleans. But uh, another place that I think would be good for him to actually get an opportunity to start is Jacksonville. Yes. Um, It's a small market team. So obviously it's Kaepernick. There's going to be attention regardless, but it's a lot less attention. Um, Also, the fact that it gives him a better opportunity to start and it gives the Jags a better opportunity to compete now. And bring fans. Yeah. And rather than, you know, wait for Minshew to kind of. Develop. Even though he had a great season last year, not taking that away from him. I, I, I wouldn't say great. I say good, good season. season. Good season for a rookie. Great season for good season for a rookie. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, like I said, um, it gives him an opportunity to start and compete for a job, an actual starting job. And it also, um, you know, it allows the Jags to be competitive sooner rather than later. And, and get something going small picture while they work on, you know, Minshew. But also, I think... The fact that Khan, the owner of the Jags, has also spoke out on his own problems and uh, and dealing with like social injustices and racism. Um, Not a minority. Like, kind of like what you said. You know, it takes a, a minority in a position of power to uh, get you know a person in certain positions. Sometimes, so yeah. that's another place I could see him going. Yeah, um, you mentioned the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens are a good opportunity, especially with uh, his. Former offense coordinator being there, uh, it seems like it's a perfect fit. Um, Jacksonville, I think, would be a great opportunity for him to ex- show what he's capable of. But I just think with Kim Newman being on the market, I think that's actually a better fit for Cam. Yeah. Um, just because he's he's able to do a lot more with less than Kaepernick, or mm-hmm. that we've seen at least um, with Kaepernick. Because Kaepernick, when he played, had a stacked team. Um, but outside of the Chargers or even these, the Ravens I, or Jacksonville or even the Seahawks, I just hope that he gets a fair chance. If he does return, give him a fair chance. I don't want to see him returning if he's not given a fair chance. And that's all I ask for. If, if this is a bullshit, uh, public publicity stunt, I hope he sees that or sees it for what it is. And he just awesomely turns it down. Um, but that's that. Um, we're going to actually talk, move on and talk about um, what's next for Dak Prescott uh, now that he signed his franchise tag or franchise tender um, due to it being exclusive. Um, I know the deadline is coming up on July 15th uh, this is for specifically for franchise tag players to uh, 
sign long-term extensions. Uh, what's your thoughts on it? Um, it's, it's not much thought for me to go about it. I mean, I feel like the Cowboys and Dak seem still so far apart on the issue. Um, they were saying, obviously, they have, like you said, till July 15th to, to uh, come to an agreement or he plays this year on a, on a one-year tender. But the Cowboys want five years, whereas Dak would prefer four. He wants to be a free agent again when he's 30. And also, I was reading reports that he, if he were to do a fifth year, that throughout the contract, he wants $45 million added throughout. It doesn't have to be front-loaded, back-loaded. Throughout the contract, he wants an added bonus of $45 million for the extra year. Yeah. So on top, on top of that 35 he'd probably be getting paid for the fifth and final year so basically he's looking for the cowboys to compromise if he gives them what they want yeah and so he's looking for a 35 million dollar price tag whereas the cowboys were closer to 30 million 32 million yeah and so i just feel like the sides are really far apart um i'm curious to see where it goes in the future if they could actually even get it i wouldn't be surprised if they don't get a deal done um I think they'd be dumb not to because um, as much as I don't think Dak is that great, I think he's good enough with what they have to get them where they want to go. Yeah, for sure. So for me, if I'm them, I spend the money because I think he's the piece that he's good. And like I said, he's good enough with what you've gave him to bring you to the promised land. I don't all Like I said, although I don't think he's that great a quarterback. Yeah. But with what he has, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys in terms of talent is, has always been stacked. I mean, Jerry seems to be able to collect talent. They just seem to always underperform or something goes wrong. Um, that's just how it goes with the Cowboys in a sense. But for me, um, before all this went down, I said he shouldn't get paid. I mean, he should get paid approximately what Jared Goff got paid. I do think he's better than Jared Goff. Um, Jared Goff got overpaid. Dak's going to get overpaid no matter what. So if the Cowboys are smart, they'll get a deal done sooner rather than later. I mean, Deshaun Watson and uh, Patrick Mahomes still have to sign a contract. So you want to sign him before they get signed because he's going to then ask for more money. What they're going off of now is Carson Wentz. But the difference is Carson Wentz wasn't franchise tag, and he still had an extra year on his deal because of him being a first-round pick. But Dak, he was – a mid-round pick, so he, he had a one, one year less on his rookie deal, which is forcing them to franchise tag him. Yeah. I'd much rather pay him once money than Mahomes or fucking for Watson money. For That's, sure, for sure. So especially with especially with smart durability. to do it right now. Yeah, especially with his durability. Um, I know from uh, sources that have been reported, like you said, Cowboys won five years, Dak wants four because he wants to hit the market a lot sooner. Um, but. What's on the table from the Cowboys would make him the second highest paid quarterback behind behind Russell Wilson's thirty five million annually. Um, but in terms of guaranteed cash, uh, it would be on par to Jared Goff's uh, hundred ten million that he received. Uh, however, the specifics to that contract aren't uh, out; they're unknown currently. Um, I'm sure there's some sort of twist in this contract. I know they resigned Amari Cooper and the contract seemed big, but when I looked at the specifics, nothing is guaranteed. 
which is wild to me. I don't know what kind of agent would sign that kind of deal. So I'm sure Jerry Jones and his um, manipulative ways are somewhere trying to get loopholes like that in Dak's contract to get him for cheap. Or if they have to um, part ways, they can. But I love that contract. I think Dak honestly holds all the cards in the situation. Um, they 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 franchise tag him now, which is thirty one at least thirty one point four million for this year. If they don't come to an agreement, and let's say, I think his worth is going to just get higher, especially with Mahomes and Pat um, and Deshaun Watson still 100%. having to sign. But even if they don't sign and you just focus on his production, I think his production is only going to get better, especially with the weapons that he has. So if they franchise tag him again. He's gonna at least get thirty-seven point seven million next year, and then if they do one. If they decide to franchise him again, he's gonna get like fifty million. Yeah. A year, so it's basically gonna be a three-year deal, um, for like one hundred twenty-three million, which is wild. They're better off just offering him what he wants now. Exactly. Because that's what, that's what I'm saying. So, buku so, later. so Dallas is back is against the wall, in my opinion. Dak holds all the cards. I ultimately, I do think a deal will be struck before July fifteenth. Um. Like, for example, the Zeke situation, they got a deal done closer to week one um, when he was threatening to sit out. Dak's not doing that. But now that they have the franchise tag and the deadline, I think a deal will be struck closer to the July 15th date. It'll be more in the favor of Dak than um, the, the Cowboys. So maybe the Cowboys do give him the extra $45 million he's asking for for the extra fifth year if they really want that extra fifth year. Yeah. But I think Dak holds all the... All, all the weight he holds uh, within this kind of stare down or whatever you want to call it. So I think the Cowboys need to stop playing with this guy. I mean, he's been super durable and has done what he needs to at the quarterback position for the Cowboys. He's not, like you said, he hasn't been great, but he's been, he's done good enough and they've only gotten better in terms of talent. So it, this season, honestly, I think is will determine how good he is, um, or determine how good this team is, because um, they have all the talent. They play in the NFC East, which yeah, is, which is the worst division in football right now, according to record. Yes, um, it's. I think it's the most competitive, just because year in and year out, maybe. Yeah. But as of late, it's been terrible. yeah. So I, I think this is their best chance of winning a, a Super Bowl. Um, so sign this man. Put him, put him on um, pen to paper and just get it over with. Your best chance of winning the Super Bowl um, is now. It's been I twenty agree. plus years. Uh, Jerry needs to, you know, take his thumb out of his ass and just pay up. You, he paid up for all these other dudes. Why are you holding back on your quarterback? The biggest position in football, and he's making him wait. Yeah, I know. I, I think if it was Tony Romo, though, he would have been signed already. He would have been done. So, Jerry, I know you haven't spoke up about this uh, current state of the of the country and i know Stephen a smith's been calling you out on it um but you're just looking even worse now with your black quarterback having to beg you for money because he's essentially the face of your franchise which is kind of and he's a stand-up citizen thus far he hasn't really yeah. got in trouble so uh, he's he's been a great he's been a very great a mo- a person on and off the field a great yeah. model uh somebody you want to play quarterback like i said He's not by any means like the most like crazy quarterback. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not, you know, Tom Brady. He's not Drew Brees, but he gets the job done. When you put the talent around him, he gets he wins the games. And that's really what all you need. Yeah. So Jerry, I know 
the reason why they're on this 20 plus year hiatus is because you don't want to give up control, but sign this man, sign him. Cause if not, you're going to just pay in the end. Um, and it's going to come more money out of your back pocket, which we know you don't want to give up. So uh, that's that. Uh, we're going to go on to additional NFL news. Say to America is be true to what you said on paper. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they haven't committed themselves to that. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest far right. We're back. One more ball is deep. Um, we're going to go into Jamal Adams' trade request. Jamal Adams came out with a list of seven teams that he wants to go to to, uh, to the, the New York Jets. Uh, it's the Ravens, Cowboys, Chiefs, 49ers, Seahawks, Texans, and Eagles. And also Ryan Clark says he spoke to Adams and said he also wouldn't mind going to Tampa. So what do you think about, you know, Jamal Adams' current situation in New York? Well, this is the first time I'm hearing about that Tampa news. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're in win-now mode, so it wouldn't surprise me that they go out and get Jamal Adams. I think the Jets would be stupid to kind of give Brady um, – another Super Bowl ring basically after all the fucking ass raping he's been doing uh, in today's <laughs> all these years. Um, so uh, he already ripped them a good one for decades. So why give him another ring, you know? Um, but the Jets have just handled this Adam situation very poorly. Um, kind of playing games with, with my, my, one of my favorite safeties in the league. Um, he's deserving of his money. Uh, just pay the man. Uh, you don't have to, you know, run circles around him. However, um, with the list of teams that he did put out, uh, it's a reasonable list. I mean, they all seem to be uh, win-now mode, um, almost one asset or one player away from a championship. Um, they all seem to have their, court, their future quarterback in place. So yeah. um, he clearly wants to go to a winning team. He's tired of the Jets and they're losing ways because the Giants are in New York. He's in win now mode. Yeah. I mean, he wants to he, go to a winner. And, and he, he's been publicly about his desire to go to Dallas um, because he's from Texas and he wants to be a, a, a Cowboy. I'm sure he grew up a Cowboy and fan. That's why Houston's also on that list. Yeah. Um, and who really wants to go to Houston? But Jamal Adams. <laughs> he, he he just put Houston for the fact that they're in Texas and he can't true. go to the Cowboys. He has the Texans. However, they do have Deshaun Watson, so they do have a opportunity to do some do something bright if Bill O'Brien doesn't shoot them in the foot even more than he has. He um, might with this Jamal Adams trade he's about to make. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um so to give up the rest of the assets for Jamal Adams. Yeah. <laughs> so amongst those teams, um, he did mention the Eagles. I think the Eagles are the ideal fit for him. Um, I think it's the best place for him. 
due to them already well the secondary being the biggest issue for them in years past and the fact that they've already added Darius Slay to that secondary to help the corners and the fact that Malcolm Jenkins uh departure this offseason he can step into that Malcolm Jenkins role and be the leader of the secondary along with Darius Slay and he's ultimately an upgrade from Malcolm Jenkins regardless um, but the fact that his versatility and in Philly, they have Jim Schwartz as their defensive coordinator. He can get very creative with Joe Adams' versatility. And I think all in all, it's going to help them because their, their pass rush, they've been looking for a pass rusher too, which is ultimately something that he can do. He can add to that pass rush and help him out essentially because he, he can't, he's good in coverage. He can go up against tight ends in coverage. He can go in the box and essentially make uh, rush pass decisions ultimately, like if options yeah. end zone. And then he could be in the box and blitz. He can help with uh, pass rushing. And similar, similarly, that's why I think he's a good fit for the Seahawks as well because the Seahawks, uh, they want Clowney to come back. But their secondary has been asked, which is why they went and got uh, Diggs last year from the, the Lions. He ultimately helped them with their secondary for the end of the season. But that secondary has been, hasn't been the same since the departure of Earl Thomas and the injury of Kim uh, Chancellor. So they still got Bobby Wagner in the middle of that defense. And maybe if they don't even bring back Clowney and they bring in Everson Griffin, it, it's something and he can essentially help with that pass rush as well with his versatility. Uh, 49ers are always an option too. Um, division rival to the Seahawks. They just had a really good season last season. Their defense was best in the league or one of the best in the leagues. They built their defense from the front seven. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately in the Super Bowl, they were the Chiefs ex- exposed their secondary yeah. for what it was essentially. And the reason why I think this, the 49ers would be perfect, they're essentially one piece away from winning Super Bowl. They already went there, um, and it was their secondary's fault. And the coaches played played offensive play decisions on um, the reason why they lost. Um, but the fact that their uh, Tart is set to be a free agent next season, along with Sherman, uh, Kwan Williams, and Akello uh, Witherspoon, excuse me. Uh, why not go get him now? You might have a se- one season with all of them. Um, and if you get rid of, let's say, Tart or um, Sherman, who is aging, or somebody, you can always add a piece, but you have an anchor in Jamal Adams to help that secondary, with even if you lose pieces. Um, so I think that's a reasonable chance, too. The only thing, like with the Eagles, salary-wise, it might not work out. Um and similar to the Texans, it can't happen. But I like I just think they're missing too many assets because they gave up so I much. I feel like assets. that's the biggest issue with Jamal Adams in general, kind of. Um, like is the contract. Like you, obviously this is a guy that earned himself big money. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the teams that he did list aren't really doing well in terms of cap space. For sure. Um that's why for me, I feel like I, I feel like the only bright side for those teams is the fact that he's under contract until twenty twenty one. So the fact that he's on a team that he wants to be on might, you know, shy him away from, you know, the contract being like a rush deal. You know, he might be willing to wait that extra year for more money 
if he's in a place where he's happy. Um, so I, I do think Dallas is probably the best fit. Obviously, they have their whole Dak situation to figure out first. But um, they already offered a first-round pick uh, at the end of the deadline last year for him. So, and they, they obviously have a really good team. Their secondary is probably the weakest part of their team. And I think uh, that's probably a piece that brings them closer to a championship. And I think if you have if, if you have a guy like Jamal Adams to anchor down your defense, you know, and like, you, like I said, you signed Dak, you already put more weapons around him in the last year, year and a half. Um, the Cowboys could win a Super Bowl with Jamal Adams. Um, so they'd be dumb not to inquire about it. Like I said, I, I believe they were saying the asking price is two first rounders with a fourth, which is what the Jets wanted, which is a reach. But I don't think that's considering what considering what Jacksonville got for Jalen Ramsey, it's really not that bad, like you said. It's also a corner versus safety. Definitely. Um, um like, but you also got a guy in Jamal Adams who's a lot more versatile than Jalen Ramsey is. Yeah, you're right. Um, so like I said, I think the Cowboys. Feel like the most likely option because aside from their whole contract dispute with Dak, you know they already they have all the assets to offer if they want to make that trade. Yeah. It's just figuring out the money at that point afterwards. For me, uh, obviously they got to figure out the Dak situation first. I don't really see the Cowboys as an ideal situation. He wants to go there, and because Dallas, yeah, it's Dallas, and everyone who goes to Dallas gets paid, but. Since them offering that uh, first-round pick at the deadline, they also signed a lot more players to uh, contract extensions, which means they have less money to kind of uh, dispose or at their disposal. But for me, Jerry Jones has has the history of not wanting to pay safeties. Um, He seems to prioritize other positions more than safeties. They already have ha-ha Clint Dix that they signed in free agency. I don't really see them going out and – giving up more than what they offered last year yep. for Jamal Adams. I don't think what Jets are asking for is reasonable because I don't think they're going to end up getting that. Yeah. Um, two first-round picks might be a, a reach, and I know you said a fourth. Maybe a first-round pick a first and, round and, and, a, and a third. A or third or second. Or a third that turns into a second if yep. they don't get into the top ten or something. Something like that is more realistic. Um I'm not giving all that up in terms of assets unless yeah. I'm one player away. So unless you're one of these well, teams, ultimately I think ultimately I think the be- the the team that fits that the best is the Ravens because yeah. right now right now they're tight in cap space, but after this 2020 season and 2021 they have I believe 65 million in cap space afterwards. So obviously you have a lot of they have a lot of young talent that in in the future they're gonna have to pay. But that's not something they that's something that they can worry about down the road. Obviously, I, I tell you this: the Ravens get Jamal Adams. Very they're, they're they're already a problem and the secondary is already Very the best in the league, arguably. Um if you get Jamal Adams and you pair him with Earl Thomas and I think all the, the most, other corners. I think they're the most likely situation you with might, all the cap space they acquire next year, with the team they have, they I mean, obviously a surprise loss in the playoffs to the Titans last year. Shout out to the Titans, but I mean that's a team they could have beat. They could have beat any team in that entire playoffs. And they just didn't. A, a player like Jamal Adams, you know, uh, a very outspoken and and like a, a great leader in the locker room. A player like that to anchor down your defense that's already bolstered. It's Scared. I think they'd be a you, heavy favorite. You might as well just walk up to Lamar Jackson and give him a ring right there. But maybe, um, maybe so. I, I think pairing him with Earl Thomas it would be 
ridiculous in terms of on the field production. But the fact that Errol Thomas is on, basically at the end of his career, he could on, on, almost mentor uh, Jamal Adams. Not only that, but now. the fact that you have so many guys on one defense that can play in yeah. so many different areas. And even if you're past, like they're known for creating pass rush, regardless of who they have. But the fact that you would essentially lock up everybody on the field and give your pass rush so much time to get to the quarterback, it's ridiculous. Like they bolstered their run defense because of what happened against the Titans, but their pass rush wasn't terrible. But even if that is the weakest point of the game, you lock up everybody, you're going to have so much time to get to them. I think they're already the best team on paper. I just don't. Oh, for sure. It, I, it's crazy how much scary like putting Jamal Adams back there would, would make that team. And and similar situation too. Like I know you, uh, you might touch on this, but like the Chiefs. You, well, you, pair, you pair him yeah. with Tyron Matthews. The Chiefs, the Chiefs with me for for me is is tough. I think he it would obviously be ideal to pair him with Tyron Matthew, but they have very little cap room. Yeah, they have six point two million, and that's why for me the Chiefs don't seem ideal at all, and they seem like a real long shot. Yeah, six point two million. You have a guy under center, Patrick Mahomes, that you have to pay like fifty million dollars a year. Yeah, there's no way you're gonna pay Joe Mo Adams that kind of money. I was just speaking. That he wants. I was just speaking uh, of pairing him with Tyron oh, Matthews, similar oh, to pairing him with yeah. uh, Earl Thomas. I know financially is that realistic, yeah. and that's where I with- kind of leaned when I was looking. I was like. Like what? What's gonna fit? Like, not just scheme wise, but who's gonna be able to pay this guy? Because you have, you're gonna have to pay him. Yeah, I, I think Jamal Adams will have a similar impact to Tyron Matthews' impact on the Chiefs when he went to the Chiefs. He bolstered that defense. Uh, the Chiefs were not one player away defensively, but he did what he had to do to essentially make them or help them go to the Super Bowl and ultimately win it. I think if he goes to a similar situation, maybe. Like we mentioned, the Seahawks, whose defense is similar or at a stature similar to what the Chiefs were uh, before he came, or the Tyron Matthews came. Yeah. So, so that similar situation now, or the, even the Eagles, like those situations, I feel like he can have a Tyron Matthews like impact. Definitely. I think uh, I'd love to see him on the Ravens, personally. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see him on any other team outside of the A or the NFC East. Oh, I do not want to face him. I know we the Giants face the Jets and no Cowboys, no Eagles. And he ultimately just ripped out the ball like that from Daniel Jones. <laughs> so um so please stay away. Um I don't wanna deal with don't you deal with twice, that t- a year. twice a year. Uh we already gotta deal with Chase Young. Um so that's that. Uh now we're actually gonna move on to uh one of our near and dear favorite players. Um, I know I became a Giants fan not only because my dad was a Giants fan, but I also started watching football and became a huge fan when this guy was drafted. Um, Eli Manning. Um, they're retiring his jersey. Yeah. Ole Miss. Uh, yeah, they're retiring Eli Manning's jersey from Ole Miss, number 10, on September 19th against Auburn. It's only the third player in school history besides his father, Archie, and Chucky Mullins, numbers 18 and 38. He finished Ole Miss career with 10,119 passing yards, 81 touchdowns, both still currently school records. He also set records for completions with 829 and pass attempts for 1,363, along with 47 other single-season and game records while he attended there. He has a Maxwell Award for being the best player in college, a Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award, He's a SEC Offensive Player of the Year, first team SEC All-American, second team 
All-American, and third in 2003 Heisman voting. Um, and he's also the highest draft pick in Ole Miss history, being selected overall number one by the Chargers. Um, Shouts out to Eli. Yep. Congrats to Eli. Congrats. Um, it's definitely, I know he mentioned on Twitter it was an honor. Um, it was a surprise. He surprised him with, with his family during quarantine, which is pretty dope. Um, I was happy to see it. Definitely uh, can't get any more awkward than Eli Manning. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, his accolades just speak for itself on why he was drafted number one. Um, I know his NFL career really doesn't have anything to do with his um, number being retired, but soon, like in his retirement speech, uh, John Mayer basically said no one will ever wear number 10. So his number is essentially retired now, but officially it will be retired soon with the Giants. His NFL career, uh, people will debate on whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. Me and Jovan personally think he is a Hall of Famer outside of the two Super Bowls. Um, he was the Super Bowl MVP for both of those. Um, people don't give him credit or enough credit for those two Super Bowls. They kind of underestimate what he did. So now that we have the platform to say it, I'm going to sit here and tell you that my man, Eli Manning, is a Hall of Famer. Uh, his two Super Bowls and Super Bowl MVPs and his sustained success within his career is will garner him a, a spot in Canton, Ohio one day. I agree. One uh, day. It's a no-brainer for me. I don't um, think it's debatable. Yeah, I mean... His prime years, to me, were wasted uh, by the front office, specifically Jerry Reese. He should have been fired long before he actually did. Oh, um, <laughs> so it was ultimately because they his his lackluster offensive line and his bad defense. Yeah, everyone always talks about our rotation at pass rush, but outside of that, we were terrible in terms of defense. Um, like, just for example, the – in his 16-year career, Eli Manning never missed a game due to his injury, as we know. Um, but he was only sacked less than 25 times five out of those 16 seasons. One of those seasons was last season when he was the backup to Daniel Jones and only played a total of four games. So if you go down to 15 seasons, he was only sacked less than 25 times four times. Um, so... That's pretty ridiculous. It goes as high as 47 times that he was sacked in one season. Terrible. It's a pretty bad old line. Without, with all that, he still had a one-and-a-half touchdown-to-interception ratio his entire career. It's positive, so you can't really argue that. And 11 out of his 16 seasons, he posted at least an 80 quarterback rating, one of which was last season. But... Yeah, um, first ballot, and he was also has five seasons where first he's ballot. yeah has five seasons where he was, has ninety plus quarterback rating, but as a career he has eighty two point seven. But specifically, he just holds the best individual season by any other NFC uh, East quarterback of the decade. Um, for example, the twenty eleven season, he was the catalyst of that twenty eleven Super Bowl run. Uh, people don't give him give him enough credit because everyone tries to give that pass rush all the credit. But that specific season, he was definitely he definitely carried the Giants all season long um, because the Giants had the worst running back or the worst running game that season in the NFL, and we had a bottom six defense. So no more saying the defense carried him. Yes, that did not happen. So he carried us to the playoffs, and when it came to the playoffs, he 
outplayed the MVP of that season, which was Aaron Rodgers, uh, in one of those playoff games that he won. Uh, he actually posted a 90-plus P uh, pro football focus grade under the most pressure of any quarterback in the NFL that season. He had 4,933 passing yards, 29 touchdowns, and 16 interceptions. He had 15 fourth-quarter touchdowns, which is an NFL record, um, just that season alone. Uh, and he, has, he had six fourth-quarter comebacks. And in the postseason alone, he had 1,219 passing yards, which is an NFL playoff record. My man is a Hall of Famer, and he's deserving of his credit. Um, Not to mention they stopped Tom Brady from getting a million rings. Yeah. Basically. That's that's why he holds a grudge against Eli Manning, because Eli Manning, it wasn't for Eli Manning. Tom Brady would, what, what does he have now? Five? Yeah. Or no, I think he has six. So, he, so he'd have eight. He has too many. He'd have, yeah. <laughs> so if it wasn't for Eli Manning, Tom Brady would pretty much have a decade's full of rings. So thank you, Eli, um, for being one of the greatest Giants players ever. I only place you behind um, Lawrence Taylor in terms of talent, but in terms of on and off the field, you were a model citizen, a model player. Probably the most consistent in history yeah. in terms of being a Giants player. Every, everyone wants to hold his career record against him, but he's he can't play offense and defense. He did what he had to do uh, for the most part. Uh, no off-the-field issues. Nope. He, he, didn't, he never really had a consistent um, – Environment, especially after Tom Coughlin left. Um, so and he did it in New York. Yeah, the hardest place to do it. So I give him his credit, give him his dues. In college, NFL, he did what he had to do. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. He is deserving of his number to be retired, both in college and in the NFL. Um, so all we can both say is thank you. We appreciate you, and uh, good luck in your future endeavors. I know you talked about coaching your girls or your daughter's basketball team, but uh, that's that. Uh, so we're going to move on. Moving on now to the NFL and NCAA football seasons, uh, possibly being in jeopardy. A lot of players out of Houston, Dallas, Tampa have been uh, tested positive. Uh, Zeke being one of them for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, 15 Texas players tested positive for coronavirus. Um, like Devin mentioned earlier, all these, you know, everything, all these states opening, second waves hitting. A lot of people are starting to test positive, and some of them happen to be big name athletes that might have an effect on our football season as we know it. So, how are you feeling? I just cut them off. No one cares about them, Cowboys or the, the, or the Houston uh, Texans. And now it's the Tampa Bay Bucks too. Screw you guys. You know, at least Brady still at, <laughs> at least Brady won't get another ring. Um, honestly, nah, but uh, all jokes aside, um, it'd be hurtful if they honestly just ended the season or not had one at all. Um, I'm. Everyone opt- seems to be optimistic about the NFL season just because it doesn't start till later in the year. Um, so I'm going to stay optimistic. I mean, my Giants, I didn't have Super Bowl aspirations this season, at least. So at least uh, gives us a, another year. Not for the next couple. Gives us an, another year under our belts, you know, 
get over this, but um, I just really hope that we have another full season just so that we have some entertainment throughout the year just with all these sports being cut off or at least part of the seasons being cut off. But in terms of college football, I think I'm more optimistic about the NFL season happening than the college football season happening. Um, I know high school football is definitely not probably not going to happen, especially in Connecticut. We might get lucky. Um, but I think in terms of the college football, they either won't have one at all or they'll limit it to, let's say, the power the power schools. And divisional. Yeah. And conference games, I should say. Yeah. So I, I think they might limit it to conference games and then ultimately have the power schools like Bama, LSU, and ultimately have the, their seasons. But didn't Clemson have like um, a lot of uh, people – I'm not sure. Test I'm not positive? too sure about Clemson. But if I think if a power school like Clemson were to get these, um, they would end the season. I wouldn't say end it because <laughs> I, I, I think if Bama, if Bama <laughs> got Clemson it, I think I think Bama would shut bigger. down the, the college football. Oh, for season. sure. But, but as of Clemson, late, Clemson's been a lot bigger. Oh yeah, for sure. But Bama is just Bama. No, so no. I think that's why if Bama were to have it. Season's over. It's a wrap. No, but Clemson. That it's gonna then push them to figure something out, um, and they might even have to do some something similar to the NBA, where it's they have um, fields stationed for certain games um, yeah. because all this traveling, I think, it's just terrible. It's, it's not a good idea for uh, not spreading this COVID nineteen. Yeah. Um, so they would have to ultimately pick two locations, maybe a few locations that are closer together where no one really would have a, a, a home field advantage. So um, I just think they're going to have to do something because it doesn't seem very optimistic for the college football season. Yeah, I think I think college football is definitely uh, a, a long shot compared to the NFL. Uh, I don't know how well it's going to sit with people that these student-athletes are not even able to go into their classes, but are on the football field or, you know, other sports in general. But so there's that. And not only that, but when you have when you have nearly an, not an entire team because the rosters are big, but when you have 15 players from one school, you know, that's kind of alarming. And I feel like that's going to that's going to keep, you know, the NCAA that's going to shy them away from trying to go on with this season. I honestly think they might just pull the plug. But if they do decide to go on, it's going to be like you said. It's going to be just interconference games. And when playoff time comes, obviously, that will have to be decided on how to do that. But it seems like a long shot. Whereas in the NFL, all I really needed to hear was a report from Adam Schefter saying he talked to somebody within the league and saying, like, believe the NFL. Believe in them because I guess they, they're testing and – sanitizing they're taking it very serious the protocols yeah and the protocols they have in order are like really good um so he was almost basically saying like don't worry about the season regardless of who catches it and who gets sick that will be taken care of in a way where it doesn't affect the nfl season and it doesn't affect other players as well and also i think the nfl players the fact that they have a salary is gonna they're more willing to play um whereas the NCAA, yeah, they're not getting paid. And I know starting next year, they're going to um, allow them to get some kind of um, income um, off their name and likeliness. But I think, yeah, they're trying to fight to get a salary at one point. 
But yeah. the fact that they're not getting paid now, I think a lot of players are or their families are not going to want them to go out yeah, and risk it. They're less likely to go on want to play. Exactly. Um, so hopefully we have a season for both. Um, but the protocols for NCAA aren't up to par with the NFL. So let's just hope and be optimistic. It's a long and shot, but we'll see. It is what it is. Um, it is what it is. So... We're going to move on. We're going to talk about what is for sure happening. Um, so it recently just came to an agreement. The MOB and that MOBPA finalized terms for a shortened 60-game regular season beginning either July 23rd or 24th. Um, so at the end of July, we should have uh, baseball and basketball back, um, seems like. Um, so according to reports, uh, spring training – Spring training will um, happen starting July 1st. The players will have to report. Uh, 40 of those 60 games would then come from divisional opponents. And then 20 of those games would come from their geographic uh, counterpart. So the AL East would play the NL East and so forth. Uh, there would be extended roster. So 30, a 30-player 30 roster to open the season. Uh and then as season goes on, it would drop to 26, which is the original. Um, Universal DH will uh, be incorporated, which I've always been in favor, but not many people have. They, they like the difference in the NL and the AL. Um, no, this, it's actually kind of better. Um, this rule is kind of weird, but I understand. Um, so uh, a runner on second base will start extra innings. And... It's weird because I don't really like it, but I see where they're coming from with the short season. They don't want a 15-inning game to yeah. happen um, just because they're going to be have these games so compressed to get it done and over with. They don't want to risk injury. Um, the deadline, instead of being in the end of July, it's at the end of August. Um, players tested for COVID-19, uh, players will be tested for COVID-19 every other day, which seems, the protocol seems to be... Uh, very frequent and the playoff format is going to remain the same so it's going to be five qualifying teams each from each league uh what are your thoughts on those new rules and maybe anything else you might want to add um i think this whole uh shortened season adds a whole lot i i feel like honestly the really good teams got like way better and the really bad teams got a lot worse um just based off the amount of games they're playing, okay. um, I feel like you know those short-term injuries now are basically almost your entire season. Um, you're out if you're out four to eight weeks for for whatever it might be, an oblique. You know you're gonna you're gonna miss nearly the entire season if you're out. You know eight weeks. Yeah. So it's gonna be tough for for players like you know or for teams that aren't as deep as say the Yankees or the Dodgers or even the Nationals. How are they going to be able to compete when when one person goes down, you know? Um, and also, come playoff time or deeper in the season or when teams are fighting for a playoff spot late in this, you know, 60-game season, you know, pitchers are going to be fresh. You're going to be seeing pitchers coming a lot earlier in playoff series, you know, than they normally would. Uh, the aces, obviously, is what I'm speaking of. You know, using them later on in the series if you really need them, they're going to be able to do that because – Pitchers aren't playing full full seasons now. Their arms are going to be fresh. They're going to be if as long as they come into the season in great shape. I mean, like that's why I say like teams with the rotations that the you know the Yankees and the Nationals have, 
it's it's going to be insane for them. Uh, it's almost unfair. Yeah. Um, uh, and other than that, I read that you know they're going to be basically getting paid what's called a uh, full pro rate of salary, meaning they're going to get paid full salary for the games that they are playing. Yeah. It's a regular playoff. Um, I know the issue was they were trying to decide whether se- the players wanted 70 games, the MLB wanted 60 games. I didn't really understand, understand why be so hung up on 10 games for either side. Um, I think the MLB or even the players should have been fine with 10 more or 10 less games. I really don't know that what goes into that. So, but other I, than that, I know the MLB was trying to take part of their salary. Um, and the most recent one before they actually finalized an agreement was they offered 60 games, but they wanted to expand the playoffs. Players didn't want to expand the playoffs, yeah. um, which is why they disagreed. And then the MLB essentially forced the 60 game rule um, and basically just told them what basically what they wanted to hear is they gave them uh, when and where to report. And I think all in all, yeah, it took a while to come to an agreement, but I think what happened or what they came to agreement on is probably what's best for the league itself. Um, as a Yankee fan, I'm excited. Um, yeah, like I said, those teams that are at the top, uh, they it gives them a huge advantage because they're so so much more deep. You I mean, know, and not only that, but you have obviously a team like the Yankees who have been banged up and have players just now coming back. And who have players coming back, you know, and like 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 I like I believe you mentioned to me earlier, obviously off camera, uh Paxson is coming back. And then you have guys like Judge who was working with a nagging injury. So it's just it's stuff like that that I feel like it gives it gives teams that already have, have so much talent just like a way bigger upper hand, such a big advantage. Um, I don't know how much of a difference because I don't think you're going to see much of a difference from the teams on the top. I mean, those teams that are, you know, have the talent are going to win on a full length season or a short length season anyways. But it just kind of makes it so much easier for them. I think for the teams at the lower end of the spectrum, it's going to be harder for them because a lot of their young talent, they're not going to be able to get the exposure or the experience because they don't have those extra games. Yeah. Um, I, the one thing that surprised me was they did basically they ended the season this past season. Um, they ended it or showed the standings of what it would look like or the playoff picture would look like after 60 games. And the Nationals who won the World Series when I haven't made the playoffs. So that just says a lot on how much those extra games matter. Um, the Nationals had a better second half of the season than they did first. And it showed that why they made the playoffs and also made the push to win the World Series. If it was a 60-game season, they wouldn't even have the opportunity to win it. Mm-hmm. So that was one, one thing that surprised me um, on how much those extra games mattered. But as a Yankee fan, like I mentioned before, I'm excited for the 60 games. Oh, Just because, like you mentioned, Paxson's coming back because he, he was supposed to miss time, but now with – uh, the short season and it being pushed back, he should be healthy. Judge, he's not going to miss as much games if he does miss anything because he's had uh, this time to recover. But their their route to the World Series is going to be, to me, easy. Because 
who's in our division is going to compete with us. Obviously, they're division games, so they're always up for grabs. But the Red Sox last season, terrible. Their pitching is and, nowhere right yeah, now. Yeah, and they... And they got rid of Mookie Betts, yep. um, which was their best player. The Rays, honestly, I think would be the our best competition within the division. They stay consistent, but they don't really threaten. Yeah, they, they did last. They year. don't. They don't go. They don't. They don't. They didn't really take that extra step no, no, in right, the offseason. Yeah, they didn't really take that extra step in the offseason to be scared that they'll take the division. The Orioles and Blue Jays, they're in what uh, basically rebuilding mode. Uh, they had promising young players, but they're not going to compete for the playoffs. And then we would play the NL East, and the only teams I see from the NL East that can really give us a run for our money is the Braves and the Nationals. Um, the Mets is a sleeper. The, but- Met, the Mets and the Phillies both have talent, but are they going to – are they World Series contenders? I mean, we t- then again, yeah. we only played – them well, at least, at least, team four times. at least four times, yeah. So, and I, I think they were, we're talking about possibly us playing the Mets six times, oh, okay. So, um, just because they're in, they're like close, they're in New York, they're, they're rivals, you know, but they're on, they're not in the same league, oh, okay. Um, you don't have to travel far, yeah. So, interleague rivals, yeah. So, but facing them at least six or four, at least four times, these teams. It doesn't really matter. I mean, you win. Let's say you win all forty of your games from your division. Not likely to happen, but let's say that's forty of your sixty games, and you could lose the other two or other twenty be forty and twenty. And I'm pretty sure that someone will enter the playoffs with a forty and twenty record. Obviously, you don't want a forty and twenty record because you'll probably be on the the cusp. On the cusp, but I think the Yankees will also have a better record than forty and twenty. But it's it's doable. I mean, I mean, it's gonna be an interesting season for sure. I mean, there's definitely gonna be those challenges that we mentioned in the past, and even indoor like chemistry is not gonna be as built because you don't have those extra games too. So, but as teams gotta hit the ground running. Yeah, you know, you, those teams that hit slumps, those slumps are gonna be a big chunk of your season now compared to like years past where maybe it was only a small part of the season that you had it because two weeks of of a slump is a lot bigger chunk of for this season it's the same as like i said with injuries you yeah you got you, you're out four to eight weeks that's a big chunk of your season you so know? like you said before those as those big teams it doesn't really affect them those smaller ones it does um i think it i think it affects big teams more so when you get when you come to playoff time when oh, you get playoff sure. time that's where it affects those big teams. And I think it helps out a team like the Astros. Definitely. Especially with everything that went on in the offseason. Well, I think what, that's, happened, that's what helps them the most is trash cans. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> they're, they're going to have less uh, animosity with the shortened season than those if we had a full season. Yeah. Also, like someone like um, – or the Yankees pitcher Jermon, who's suspended for yeah, Domingo Jermon. Yeah, he he he's uh, suspended for basically a full season worth. Now he's going to be suspended for games and say going into next season because he was an idiot and decided to uh, have a domestic violence case. But in uh, another, don't put your hands on women. No, um, I mean, but people that are suspended or facing suspensions it impacts them too because now it impacts their following season. Instead of um, being able to jump right in the beginning of the season, they're going to miss time as well, and then have to and 
get a groove um, when they do return. So he might miss two seasons, it looks like, or because I'm pretty sure Yankees won't let him return at the end of the uh, following season unless we absolutely need yeah. him. Um, so players like that, it impacts teams, those big teams, if they have a player suspended and that were that was supposed to return but isn't going to due to the short season. So I'm just happy baseball's back and all these sports are returning, especially by the end of July. Go Yanks. Go Yankees. Um, as a sports fan, I'm ecstatic. Um, we've been deprived of sports. This podcast, the content's only going to get better with sports returning or more sports returning because I know uh, soccer is just just hitting the ground running. We have um, Champions with, League coming up. With their return. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for what's to come. Um, I don't know if you're... If you have anything to add before we close out here. That's pretty much it. I'm just excited that we're starting to get things coming back. Um, you know, obviously, like he said, um, the content's always only going to get better because we're going to have more things to talk about as, you know, more seasons come back, as things start to seem more normal. We're not saying that things are normal, but obviously they start to feel more normal when you get certain things that come back. So, um it's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be a lot a lot of stuff to watch, a lot of stuff to keep up with, and a lot of content for you guys. So that's all we have for you this week, though. Um, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at BossDeep underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, BossDeep underscore pod on Facebook. No, just BossDeep pod. Oh, BossDeep, vice versa. <laughs> no, BossDeep underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter. And then Bozzy Pod, Pod on, on Facebook. Facebook. Okay. Um, That's all I was trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. All right. Yeah. This is like, make sure to like, follow, subscribe. If you really enjoy our content, make sure to, on YouTube, you hit the bell. Um, and make sure you get those notifications on when we do drop content. We're definitely trying to have a more consistent schedule so you know when we drop this content. But just bear with us. We're just, we're learning as we go. And just as uh, you guys are enjoying the content, we're enjoying providing you with the, with this content um so thank you guys all for tuning in uh if you're new here we appreciate you guys tuning in as well we hope you come back um we definitely will be coming out with some with more content soon after this drop video drops um so just uh stay tuned uh and we can't wait to drop more content thank you thank you and we're out of here deuces you're talking about balls deep I'm talking about balls deep. We're talking about balls deep in love. I'm talking about balls deep. My boy's talking about balls deep. We're talking about balls deep in love.